Linux in the house. Shizzle McNizzle. Howie, yowie, 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 zowie, zowie, sizzle, big zowie, sizzle, That's sizzle. enough. <laughs> Hi. You okay. know what? What? Let me save this. Um, we got a, we got a lot of people saying... Where the heck is the new episode? And our last episode was in March, at the end of March. That's a long time. Paige, you got to keep it up. Got to go. Got to go. Got to keep it up. People want to hear you. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't even make up a good excuse. I know. I and apologize. That's terrible. What will Peter64 have to keep him happy on his mower, with, except for your melodious voice? Um. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's right. Apologize. I'm very sorry. All right. Well, let's get right into it there, Chicklet. Um, your homework for last month. You did part of it so far. So yeah. uh, why don't we talk about the part that you did do? Okay. Um. Oh, there it is. Okay. I um I watched the Revolution OS movie and I wrote down basically what I thought of the movie. Excellent. I'm waiting here. Okay. Um waiting to hear. I heard you, you the first now. time. Okay. Go ahead. Thank you. Thanks for your You're permission. Welcome. Go ahead. Um Carry well, on. <laughs> All right. Shut up. <laughs> You're an idiot. Okay. So, uh, basically, I learned that Windows used to be, you know, the number one operating system that everyone used, but, you know, then Linux just came in and kind of pushed it aside with, you know, the hackers sending bits and pieces of computer code around the world for free to uh, basically, you know, set computer users free, you know, quotation marks. And um, the, let's see, um, there, I found out that it was just set up one day, people just started, you know, making it and adding on to it and adding on to it. Um, it used to be that people, you know, would just share their computer software around with their friends. They'd be like, hey, look, this is what I got. But soon in the uh, late 70s and 80s um, was the beginning of people just closing up their softwares and saying, no, you can't see this. And Linux is basically just saying, hey, that's not right. You can see this. You know, it's open to everyone. Um, so that's what I found out. Um, yeah. People thought that Linux would, it, it was technically supposed to be just a disaster, but seeing how big and open of a project it was, but it somehow succeeded. 
so yeah I'm not that good at summarizing um hmm um I'm pretty sure that Linux wasn't supposed to be how it was, but when Linus started working on the kernel, it was completed a lot faster, and so they used that one, and it was more solid. Um, he used the traditional method of writing one program that would make it all work. Uh, most people don't know that they're actually using GNU Linux software, not just Linux. <sighs> I don't have that long of an attention span to watch the whole movie, I'm sorry. You're being quiet, you're making me nervous. Why are you being so quiet? Well, that's because I'm muted and people want to hear what you have to say more than they want to hear what I have to Nobody say. Nobody wants so to hear what I have to say. Yeah, they do. A lot of people um, want to... Well, when they started making the softwares for Linux, they used, they had this thought that, you know, they wouldn't put passwords on their computer even though people told them to, you know. It's just, you know, somebody can come in and um, it's like someone who was there yesterday can't control what happens today. That was basically their philosophy. Um, uh, Richard sent out, uh, Richard, the founder of the GNU project, sent out messages informing people that the security on their computer was just a hoax. He uh, could find their password easily. He got many people to join them and use the word enter as their password. Uh, I don't exactly remember the purpose for that. I guess it was just to show that, you know, people were figuring out that their passwords, passwords didn't really protect their computer very well. And so, you know, it was re really a false sense of security. Um, um, Richard invited many people to join him to help write uh, the programs for uh, for his software and stuff and so yeah and that basically led to the four freedoms that we talked about that one episode after they replaced all of the old stuff okay. um yeah This is my limited ability of an essay on a movie. I'm just going to stop there before I, you know, just fail even worse. No, 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 that's good. What, what did you think of the, um, <clears throat> what were your impressions of, of the people? Let's, let's pull out, there's more, um, people identified in this than what we're gonna, what I'm gonna bring up now, obviously, but there's, there's, there's pretty much, uh, there, there's a, there's three really big names that a lot of people know. One is uh, Linus Torvalds, and he was the 
obviously the the original creator of the Linux kernel. He's the guy who, who did it, who wrote the Linux kernel back uh, in 1991. He posted it to the mailing list, a mailing list, and that was uh, they talked about that, correct? Mm-hmm. His original post that was. Go ahead. Didn't like, and they decided to use his instead of Richard's because his went more faster and was more solid. He, he yes. Made, he, yeah. Do you know? Do you recall the name of the the kernel or quote operating system? Well, actually, it would be called the kernel that Richard Stallman and the GNU Foundation were working on. Um. No. I don't. Did they mention it? I do believe they did. Oh. It was called the herd. The herd, H-E-R-D. And the herd oh. is still under development. As a matter of fact, I think there is going to be... No. Well, I think there's a version of Debian that you can run the herd on. I'm, I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure if I'm getting it confused with there's a version of, of Debian BSD or there's a version of uh, Debian herd. In fact, I can look that up for us right now. Okay. Okay, so let's... Uh, okay, Debian herd. Debian GNU herd. Okay, it's a GNU mock microkernel. I think it's under development right now, so you, this is something you can actually run. I don't. I wonder if there's a Debian BSD project. Debian GNU FreeBSD. Yes, there's both. So there's both a FreeBSD and Debian GNU. Do you even do you know what BSD is? FreeBSD BSD. Um, no. All right. Let me explain to you what BSD is quickly, and then we'll go back. We'll head down this rabbit hole. BSD stands for Berkeley Software Distribution. Okay? Uh-huh. And what that was, was it is a uh, Unix operating system derivative, and it was developed and distributed by Computer System Research Group from the University of California, Berkeley. Um... It was a, a project that was undertaken, and it it uh, shared its initial code base and design with the original AT&T Unix version of Unix, and it was released under what's called the BSD license. And so wait, that wait, wait, what does BSD mean again? Berkeley Software Distribution. Okay. Continue. It's named after. Um, the University of California Berkeley where it was it was developed and it, it is grown into um, there's there's three well we'll say four now four really big versions of of BSD one is called FreeBSD and FreeBSD is like the, is a kind of server slash desktop version of BSD, kind of like a distribution of Linux when we talk about these versions of BSD. There's different uh, versions of B uh, BSD, FreeBSD. Uh, it aims to be the 
I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, aims to be the most widely have the most widely available applications, uh, the largest repository. It's kind of like the Debian of the BSDs with regards to its repository side. There's a huge development um, community around it, and they their goal is to be a fully functional system and have as much software as possible and be as stable as possible. Then there's the OpenBSD project, and the OpenBSD project is kind of like the aims to be the most secure and stable of the BSDs. It's uh, Theo Durat, who also does uh, involved with SSH and the Open SSH project and, and security. It aims to be the most stable and secure operating system you could possibly run, and they do a darn good job of it. Then there's NetBSD. NetBSD's goal is to be the most widely available across multiple architectures, operating system, or version of BSD, and they do a fantastic job of it. Um, I believe that they, out of all the operating systems that, the, that are out there, I think NetBSD runs on the most varied hardware uh, available. So, um, from embedded systems all the way up to mainframes and everything. There is, I, I don't know if they, if Linux, a version of Linux has surpassed NetBSD at all, but uh, NetBSD is probably the most widely available. Oh. Hello? Oh, I'm sorry, where did I accidentally hit the mute button. Where did I stop? What, were we, what was I talking about? Most widely available or something? NetBSD, right? Yeah. Did, I, did you hear me all talk about all about NetBSD? Yeah. And comparing it? Okay, all right, so... You only hit the, the next... mute button like five seconds ago, so... Okay, all right, so then finally the fourth one, which is which is probably, um, it's the newest one, it's PCBSD, and I believe it's based off of FreeBSD, and it aims to be a user, uh, a more user-friendly desktop version of FreeBSD. And, uh, and it has a its own kind of package management system. Um, there's another one out there called Dragonfly BSD, but uh, I, I mean, I, you kind of get the idea. It's it's not Linux. It is a, actually a Unix derivative, um, and it is a, a BSDs are fairly you know very stable uh, Unix derivative operating system. And one of the big differentials between Linux and BSD is the licensing that they use. And remember we talked about Linux and it's used a lot of the software under Linux is under the GNU GPL. Mm-hmm. And that's a copyleft license. Um, the BSD distributions and a lot of the software under the BSD uh, platform is licensed under the BSD license, which is a very permissive license. And basically what the BSD license says is you can use this software for anything and any way that you want to use it all you have to do is just give attribution or retain the attribution in the software you know attribution meaning who wrote it and give the credits to that where it differs between the GNU GPL is that you are not required to distribute or publish the changes you make to the software. 
So you can take BSD application or software, you can make changes to it or include it into your project. Um, you are not required to then pass on or distribute the changes or make public the changes that you made. As a matter of fact, you can even um, prevent people, you can lock up the BSD code into a binary because I, I do believe Microsoft used, or I don't know if they're using it anymore, but had used the uh, BSD TCPIP stack in their uh, Windows NT product line. So you can take the software and you can use it in a proprietary application and you don't have to quote give back or distribute the code. They, The BSD license prides itself on being very permissive and not applying any restrictions upon anybody and the use of it other than providing attribution. Do you understand what I said there? Yeah. Okay. Alright, so let's get back to Revolution OS, as you were saying. Um, Linus, Linus Torvald, 20 years ago, released the Linux kernel. What did you think of him? What was your impression um, of him? I thought he was cool. That's a one-word impression that I'm going to stay with. So, um, what do you think of him? Um, he seems like a down-to-earth guy. If you follow a lot of his stuff and listen to what he says, uh, I do believe that of the bunch, he seems the most centered and down-to-earth. I, I won't say down-to-earth. I'll say he... Between the two that the other two that I'll mention, he seems to be very center in the center of this whole thing. Um, the whole he, he's very approachable. He has he's very pragmatic as the way he views how Linux is used and developed. And I mean, he seems to be more most interested in creating a very good product that's as usable and meets the needs as most people as possible, while retaining security and stability. Um, so, I, I think that he has, uh, I mean, I do believe that he has intentions to keep Linux free or would like to see Linux remain free and accessible, but he's not opposed to um, maybe some software or being able to run proprietary software or closed software on top of, of Linux and the Linux uh, operating system. Uh-huh. Okay. Now let's let's talk about Richard Stallman. What what do you think of Richard Stallman? Um. Well, just by what I wrote down, because I don't even remember which one he was. Um, because I think I fell asleep halfway through, or in some sort of preteen coma. Um, he seems like a pretty smart dude. Um. Uh. Not right, as cool. Hold on. Cool. Let me. St let me let me stop you for a second. Let me let me remind you who Richard Stallman is, okay? Okay. He is the guy, he kind of, he has very long hair and a beard. Uh, kind of looks a little hippie-ish. Oh, yes, that guy. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think he sang the free software song. Join us yeah. now and free the software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay go ahead. Okay, that, okay, now give, give me your... That was an interesting description. Thanks, Dad. Um, well, um, he was 
interesting. I didn't expect to see someone like that, you know, who kind of ran the whole thing, you know, the whole project right there. But so that was an interesting twist. The uh, new project. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Why, why is that? Well, I don't know because I guess from everything I've seen and all this history I've learned and stuff, I expect people who you know um, work with computers and stuff and invent new softwares to look more professional. I mean, not professional, more business-like and scary. But he was an he was a nice-looking dude. He didn't intimidate me. Okay. So yeah, what did you think? Okay, well, I have heard Richard Stallman speak, and I have actually spoken with Richard Stallman. We had him on the Linux Link Tech Show twice, on a few occasions, actually twice. And uh, I find him a very interesting guy, and a, he's a very nice guy, and very intelligent. He is very, um, very true to his philosophy, to the GNU principle. I mean, he, he is probably, what you'd say, he is so, um, he's, a lot of people think he's radical, he's too, uh, he's in, inflexible and rigid with regards to his beliefs in the GNU software. He's, he absolutely declares no proprietary software, that proprietary software is unethical, and that everything should be free software, and I, I do I do really wholeheartedly um, agree with him in that I can I, I do believe what he says. Uh, I don't necessarily practice completely what he practices. I do use some proprietary software, obviously, you know, games, mm -hmm. the yeah. Nvidia driver I've used. You know, we have a PlayStation 3, you know, that's kind of, you know, and I do, I, I think that there's there's some flexibility, middle ground in there, but um, it's good to have uh -huh. somebody like him to keep the whole GNU philosophy and everything going forward and trying to stay on this path and as honest as possible and keep, you know, at bay the whole proprietary side of things because if, I don't, I don't think if we had somebody to offset the complete other side there might become an imbalance and I, I do I do think that he is he can be to some people would say he's detrimental to the whole movement but I think he's extremely important and right where he belongs alright uh -huh. any more on Richard Stallman um I agree with you 100% that's just what I want to say so yeah I think that's it Okay, now there's a third guy who I'll bring up who was very important back in that period. He wrote a book called The uh, Cathedral and the Bazaar outlining what was the, uh, the tenets of what's called open source software. Um, I'm trying to think who coined the term open source software. Uh, I'm trying to think his name. Uh, I've spoken with this guy too. Who was it? Who was it, Paige? I do not know. Why are you asking me these questions? 
because I have his book. Um. Oh well. Anyway. Well, then you should know. I do. I should know, but I the name I can't. It, it's. I don't think it was Larry Wall. I thought it was um. Oh, let me look. Why it don't up. you look it up? Yeah. I am. <laughs> okay. The term. Maybe it was. Uh, it's not saying under. Uh, Richard Stallman coined Bruce Perrins, I think it was. I think he was. Bruce Perrins was the one who who coined the term open source software. I could be wrong. Um, and you probably are. Yeah, he created the open source definition. I, I'm, that's right, Bruce Perrins. But anyway, w one of the guys that was really prominent back back when Revolution OS was, was released is a guy named Eric Raymond. Um, do you recall Eric Raymond? Was he in the thing? Was he the one with the mustache that I liked? You liked the mustache? Or you liked him? Yeah. Which one? Him or the mustache? I liked them both. <laughs> okay, yeah. He's the guy with the mustache. He's the guy that, that he, I do believe he had said at one point that he went up and the Microsoft, uh, a couple of guys from Microsoft came up to him and said, you know, who are you? And he said, I'm your worst nightmare. Yeah. Okay. What did you think of Eric Raymond? I thought he was, um, let's see, uh, let me think for a second here. I thought he was a pretty awesome dude. I liked his mustache. <laughs> okay. What? Why Why Love can it. I not like someone's mustache? Why is that so no, funny? No, I, I just, I just, because it, it is, I just, not too many people come out and say I like mustache, you know, some dude's mustache. That's fine, that's fine. Um, do you have any thoughts on Eric Raymond? Um, I think he was, well, is, uh, a cool dude. I think he is. He looks kind of intimidating a little bit, but I think overall he's probably a nice guy, and he, uh, he, um, I didn't get much sleep last night. I'm tired. Um, he is, he looks like a cool guy. That's what I'm going to with just like all the rest of them my knowledge of adjectives is very limited right now okay what do you what Eric do you Raymond I've had the privilege of actually seeing Eric Raymond speak in two different places first was at Lehigh University uh, and then second was at the Bucks County Linux users group and this was ooh, uh, this is back in the 90s and late 90s I do believe uh, so I actually got to meet Eric Raymond face to face he's a he's a very nice guy very intelligent um, he has done some great work I think for the community in open source uh, very talented he uh, he's a black belt in Taekwondo awesomeness 
There you go. There's something that you two would have in common. And uh, I'm almost a gun black belt. That's true. There you go. So uh, he actually he doesn't live. He didn't live too far away from where we lived up in Pennsylvania. He lived in Malvern. Uh, I think he's oh. still there. Uh, but he's uh you he's a really I I know he's in Pennsylvania and I'm pretty sure he's in Malvern. I don't think he moved out of Malvern, but um yeah, so it's it's interesting to have somebody like that right in our back door. Backyard, I yeah. should say. Backyard. But back uh back door. <laughs> no, he 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 Sometimes he and Richard Stallman are presented as being opposed to one another. I don't necessarily know if that's, you know, ultimately 100% true. Uh, but the open source definition is a little different, uh, has some significant differences than the the uh, GNU GPL, in that uh, there are some clauses in the open source definition that one of the big tenants, main tenants of the GNU GPL is the uh, copy left and the ability to the, the requirement that you have to publish your changes and you have to, uh, if you distribute the software, you have to distribute the uh, source code and the changes that you make and you cannot apply or impose any re further restrictions that would uh, that would deny anybody the four freedoms of the software. With open source uh, definition, there are some uh, versions of open source, quote, open source licenses that only permit you to look at the code. Um, not You can change it, I think, for your own use, but there can be restrictions in there that say you cannot distribute changes to the code or if you do you have to get permission before you can distribute them you know the changed code uh, so that kind of violates the uh, GNU GPL and doesn't uh, secure the four freedoms with the ability to distribute use the software as you see fit and distribute it um, so th there's some there's some uh, differences there to be aware of mm-hmm yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, I guess you have anything else you want to say about Revolution OS? Did you find it a, a, an exciting film? Did it make you? Um, did you come away feeling proud of Linux or anything? Yeah, I did actually. I came away um, knowing a lot more than I uh, did before I watched it, and you know, it actually. Um, I went to my friends um, who use Microsoft and Windows using some facts that I found from this movie of why they should not be using Microsoft and Windows and stuff like that. What they, so, like, what what stuff? What, 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 what did you come away with? Like, how, you know, Windows, Microsoft, and all that stuff, they... Uh-oh! Me, I'll resume. Okay. okay. All right. You you hit the mute button. So, I think I think I hit it with my elbow. So um, where did I stop? Well, hold on. Wait, wait. You you got cut off right as you. I asked you what is it you were telling your friends, and you started to launch into what you say to them. Oh, okay. Well, um, what I say to them is how uh, Microsoft and Windows and all that stuff will bottle up their information and make you you know work for it. You know, do all jump through hoops to get it. 
but you know Linux just has it right there you know you can take it you can change it you can share it with other people it's like hello free right here don't have to do anything to get it you know so that's what I tell my friends about Linux and how you know it's way better than anything else they use and then they're just like you know what shut up and I'm like okay sure but I know I've won this argument so yeah so they've actually opposed what what is their opposition or what what are their opposing arguments After I say that they don't have anything else to say they don't have any comeback it it's really uh kind of shocking because they don't even know anything about the software they use So they so, don't yeah. care huh They don't care that kind of makes me mad you punch him in the face in, right? Um, no. I don't know how they did it back in the olden days, Dad, but in this day, in this day and age, if you punch somebody, you get suspended. Alright. Are you... Are you... Are you still having a hard time getting people to uh, consider using Firefox? Yes. Nobody wants to switch from Explorer to Firefox. I don't see why, because Explorer sucks. I mean... I don't know either. Yeah, so... Um, anyways... Know. So... Anything else to say on the matter? New? All right, so shall we move on to our next topic? What's our next topic? I don't know. What is our next topic? Is it the uh, drawing? Well, yes. Uh, how was the other part of your homework? Let's let's talk oh. about the other part of your homework. Creating that um, desktop background. That wallpaper. Yeah. Um. I started that last night, actually. It was very late. Um, I was on step... Uh, I can't remember which step it is. Hold on. I'll, I'll pull it up right now because I can't remember which one that I got stuck on. Um, let's see. I think it was... Let me go to the GIMP tutorials. It was... You're looking at the steps. Yeah, I can't remember which step I got lost on, so I'm going to look at them. <clears throat> but of course this thing always wants to freeze up on my computer. So anyway, once I get that up, I'll t uh, say which step it was. But, um, I couldn't... I, uh, I, I got the glow effect, um, uh, mostly, um... I was on step like nine, I think. I'm trying to pull it up right now. But I couldn't, it wasn't working right in this one thing. I hit, um, I tried it many, many different, I, a lot. I tried it different times. It was when, it, step six, when you choose the perspective tool and move the top and bottom left corners to each other so that they meet in the middle, uh, they meet left in the middle. Um, and then, you know, you should have a line thinner 
a, thin, a, a line that has shine thinner on the left side. Whenever I tried to do that, it would, it would either just disappear or the first line would disappear. And it would just be um, the, the, the second line that was way bigger. So the one that you use the, uh, the blur on, and it would just be the blurry line there, but there wouldn't be a, a little line or it would just disappear altogether. So I don't know. I've got to play around with that and see what I did wrong. But I couldn't I, I'm figure not, that one out. I'm not sure you did anything wrong. I kind of ran into the same issue the first couple of times I did that. Uh, you're saying that when you use the perspective tool and you kind of brought them together on the one side and brought it to, down on the other side, correct? That you, like, pinched mm -hmm. it together, so to speak? Yeah. It's it kind of disappeared? Yeah, like, after um, I hit the button or whatever, or after I was done doing that, it would either disappear or the line in the middle, the smaller line, would disappear. Yeah, and I had that exact same blur. thing. I think yeah. I had that same thing happen. I think that's what's supposed to happen. It looks really weird. I continued on with looks, after that step. But it looks different in the next step, though. Because, Mine and then after, after it told me to, um, to, uh, do the reflect thing or whatever, where you reflect it onto the other side, or, or flip it, and mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out what that was for, because it didn't do anything. So, by duplicating the line and flipping it, I don't understand. I didn't, I couldn't okay. figure it out. This is this is my my perspective on that and what I did. Um, that's right. I, I'm recalling now. When when you you um you have you have that straight line, then you applied a blur to it. Uh, mm -hmm. I think you it was uh, you had a line. You uh, created another. Uh, press M. Move tool in the path will disappear. Uh, okay, you do the uh, Gaussian blur. And then you um, you took that line, so to speak. Now you had the blur, and you used the perspective tool to take the left side of that and and bring the uh, kind of make it almost like the perspective perspective tool would create a triangle. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you you saved it at that point, so it should have kind of looked a little bit like a a cone opening up to the right and then yeah, but it didn't look like that. You duplicate that layer and you flip it and you move it out so now the, it looks like a cone cone moving opening to the left and you put position it so that um they kind of uh meet together and form and uh I, I don't know if that's an ellipse or whatever shape that is. And but you say you it yours didn't like look like that. It, it should, it's, it says it's supposed to look like, you know, if it was a sunset over water and it was reflecting onto the water, like that kind of shape, it gets smaller off to the edges, it's like yes. wider in the Yours middle and then gets smaller. No, it didn't do that. It just stayed a whole big blurry line in the middle. Okay. The same with, the same, you know, it wasn't, it didn't get smaller at the edges or anything. And that was only, like, the second or third time I tried it, and the line in the middle disappeared altogether. 
but the first two times I tried it, the whole thing disappeared. And then after I did that, um, whenever I undid it, and then I went back and I hit the auto crop or whatever it says to do, it would um, just it would um, do the line instead of the it, the first line instead of the second line. It would this outline is, this the first is what line. I wonder. This is what I wonder. Okay, and and the reason why I wonder this because I I went beyond that step to. I mean, I did the whole thing once, okay? But when I got down to step 11, where you were going to apply the eye warp to distort it and get that wavy line, um, uh-huh. even though on, le- on, on step 10, everything looked right on step 10, when I got to step 11, I could not see the wavy line or how it would look in the preview menu. I couldn't see it. It just would not appear for me. Not like it uh-huh. would there. It was almost invisible. And I'm wondering if part of the reason why we're having a difficult time is the calibration of the laptop or and or monitor screens that we're looking at these on, that uh, there's something missing in, or some calibration that is not set that, that we're not seeing these images the way that we should be. Even though they're there. They're just either too faint or the calibration's off on the, the color settings for the actual monitor to allow you uh-huh. to, to see it the way it should be. I, that's what I'm wondering. Maybe you should try reversing the colors, like making the background white and the line black. Maybe you'd be able to see it. I don't know. Or maybe you should. Maybe you could duplicate the layer more than three or five times. That's a possibility. Um, but yeah, it, this is something, what, what this says to me, what this said to me, because you didn't finish it yet, but I went through all the steps, and I have a crappy end result uh, that I actually produced. It looks terrible, nothing like, I mean, it looks like what you see at the bottom, but very sloppy uh, uh-huh. on step 26. But I'm wondering, you know, this, this just shows that it looks kind of easy on the surface. You look at these steps and you say, well, that's not too, too difficult. Yeah, but it, it looks is. a lot more easy hard. than it is. It's extremely, it's a lot harder than it looks. So, yeah. And, uh, so. I mean, that, this, this says to me, one of the things that this says to me, and this is, this is one of the issues I have, with any of these tutorials, um, I think one, I think I need to step back and go to an even more basic tutorial. Because I think of that, if someone had said to me, if someone presented me with the end result and said, I want you to do this in the GIMP, okay, if someone presented me like that, I'm not sure I could have gone through those steps and would even have considered doing exactly what they said in these these, these tutorials. Um, uh-huh. Because... For for me, uh, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect in my understanding of exactly what the tools do and when you should actually use the tools. Yeah, they don't. Um, they tell you to do these things. They don't give you like an exact like. They don't put a picture in your mind of what exact tool it's supposed to be, where you're supposed to do it exactly, or, you know, something like that. It's not very easy to explain, but it doesn't put a good picture in your mind. Like, when I look at these different steps and I say, okay, that makes sense. Do that. Do, okay, I can see that. I can see that. I can. That makes sense. But to me, I would like to know, before doing this, I guess, is a better understanding of each individual tool 
what it does, what it's supposed to do, and why it does it. And I guess, I, I don't know where to get that information, unfortunately. It's like sending a person with a grocery list to a supermarket who's never been to one before and telling them to get these items that they don't know where they are or what they're supposed to look like. So, yeah. Not a very good example. Yeah, it, it would almost be like sending them to the store and instead of saying peanut butter, saying, like, they've never bought Peter Pan or Jif. Yeah. You know, instead of, instead of saying... You know, sausage links, you would say uh, Jimmy Dean. Uh-huh. Something like that. So, Instead yeah. Instead of saying hot dog, you say ballpark. You know, it's like uh, missing the basics there. Yeah. But anyway, let's hear what you actually did do. Because it sounds, oh. and how you did it, because it's very interesting. Um, well, I didn't even really mean for this to be for the show at all, but, um, I guess it does, you know, show, I don't know, something that has to do with the, uh, applications or something. But, um, I had these pictures that I had scanned into my computer a while before, and, um, I was doing all these things with them, and when I first started scanning them in, my dad, he took one of them and he went on Inkscape and he traced a bitmap and I didn't know at first you know what that even meant or like how he did that but then last night he showed me because I finally you know got him to actually come over to my computer and show me because um, I think I asked before but he just you know completely disregarded what I said and how he dare showed me he? how to do it yeah I know right such a jerk um, and then I went on to Inkscape after he showed me that and I went to the uh, path, and I went uh, clicked on trace bitmap, and I selected my picture that um, I think my dad's going to put a picture up of the previous, of just the scanned and drawing, and then the end result. I traced the bitmap, I, I clicked update to see the preview, I clicked OK, and then I dragged the, uh, the new picture off of the old scan, I deleted the scan, and I saved the, the traced, you know, line art picture and then I took it and I went to GIMP and I pulled up a new uh, I pulled it up on GIMP and then I pulled up a new image the same exact size because it was just it didn't have a background so I uh, copied and pasted it onto the background because you can't do that straight from in, uh, Inkscape um, <clears throat> I copied and pasted it and then I just started coloring it and it gives you all the shadows and everything with uh, when it traces the bitmap and so I just colored it in and then I went back with a darker color like uh, the uh, when I used blue so I went back to the blue and then I made it a bit darker and I added shadows in places and so it looks pretty good if I do say so myself um, it's a picture of a fairy my dad's gonna put it uh, you're gonna put up the end results too right they're both ready to go. Okay. So yeah, um, it really isn't that hard to do. You just kind of need a steady hand. And you got to be careful. You got to zoom in a lot. So. Yeah. You 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 did those. Uh, you trace it with using Bezier curves. What? You what? used the pathing tool. 
Oh, um, um, I think so. For this, I know for a couple other ones, if the if the line wasn't dark enough, then I would have to trace it with the path tool and then hit, um, you know, stroke or whatever it is, and I had to um, stroke it, but. For this one, I think I just had to trace the bitmap. I don't think I had to actually use the path tools in GIMP. The path tool is mostly for creating actual line art on the computer, which is what I made for Mom for Mother's Day, which looks horrible because it's my first ever computer line art. But I guess you get better or something. I don't know. But um, the line art is just taking a new um, blank canvas on the GIMP and just drawing something onto it with the line art and then coloring it. It um, You don't scan in anything, which is a lot harder than it seems. Excellent. This is, this is an awkward silence. Um, okay. Oh, I was just busy <laughs> writing up your homework. Oh. Now, did you kind of figure this out on your own, or did you uh, cull this from some tutorials that you may have? Uh, no. At? at first, I thought you. At, th at first, I thought you had to trace the scan picture with the path tool. But after you showed me, after you um showed me how to uh do the bitmap thing, I just took it to GIMP and I started you know coloring it and adding more detail. I didn't use a tutorial. Excellent. 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 Well, that's some good stuff, Paige. Mm. Some really good. Now, now, just just uh, to be sure, you 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 drew that yourself, the uh, picture of the fairy. That was an original drawing by you, not traced, not yeah. copied, but original, right out of your head. Yeah, I was and you bored did in that while you were, you were you were you did that when you should have been paying attention in science. I, we did we weren't doing anything. My science teacher just gives us like workbook pages or something, or um, we're, we watch a video or we're doing a dissection or something. He'll just give us something, and once we're done, we can work on whatever we need to work on, or just you know sit quietly or read a book or something. So if I don't have anything to work on, I decided to draw, and so yeah, I drew. It only uh, took me I, a couple minutes. Well, that that is uh, that is like I, I'm just in awe because that is something that I wish I had those kind of skills to be able to draw that well. Uh, is very, I just think it's awesome. Good job. Thanks. Um, now that's very kind. <laughs> any anything else that you want to bring up? Um just, you know, anything, because I did have something I wanted to ask. Go ahead. Um, Wait, this isn't going to make me angry, is it? No, it's about computers. <laughs> okay. I was talking to Mommy yesterday, and she had no idea what the answer to this would be. But you know how um, in uh, college and sometimes in high school you use laptops and stuff, your own laptops? Yes. Do you have to use the software that the school uses? Or can you use your own? Like, that if all I ever had to use, 
if I had, if I ever had to use Microsoft on a on my own computer, I'd probably have to throw it away by the end of the year. Uh, that all depends. Now, um, this it is getting it's getting a lot better on that, in that um, you're not restricted in a lot of cases to having to use certain applications. Now, um, when I say it all depends, that is because it depends on what you're you're doing. Um, if you went to if you were in high school or in uh, college and you were doing graphic design, they may, may require you to use Adobe Photoshop. Um, if you are in an engineering program, uh, there may be a specific CAD software that you have to use. There may, in some cases, there may be requirements that you have to use a specific piece of software. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can get around um, working with that in, in some cases, uh, particularly if you had to install Windows or run OS 10. If you had to install use Windows software, you can uh, get around that by running Windows in a virtual machine. So you can get a demo copy of Windows, which usually allows you to run for 30 to 60 days, um, probably for the length of the semester of your class, and you can install the software in a virtual machine and do you know what a virtual machine is? No. All right, it's it's a uh, a virtual machine is a software computer, so to speak. Like, uh, do you know the server down here that I have? Mm-hmm. Okay, the server the server runs three different uh, environments, three different actual computing environments, uh, operating system environments. The server itself runs a distribution of Linux called CentOS, okay? Mm -hmm. And it runs a piece of software called VMware Server, which is a virtual machine, and that allows you to run uh, different operating systems inside as if they were separate computers. Uh-huh. It's called virtualization. The, the, the theory is that you take a very beefy server type computer, like the server that I have down here, uh, something that's very beefy, and then inside of it you run different instances of an operating system uh, or different types of operating systems. So that in, in this machine, like I said, I have the main server, the web server and stuff, running in a Slackware virtual machine and that has the email and the web server on it. Then I have another virtual machine which is also a Slackware and these are two different like having two different computers and that runs the asterisk box which we're using right now to talk um, the telephony software and then there's a third one on there which is a Debian virtual machine and that runs the uh, streaming client uh, but which is um, the streaming client we use for the tech show to stream out to the IceCast servers. So that machine is running three different like virtualized instances of a computer. You can do that on your laptop upstairs if you wanted to to run a different operating system inside it. I do that on my laptop here when I did the Linux for Scratch 
I ran that inside a virtual machine. At work, if I absolutely have to do something in Windows or test something in Windows, I will fire up uh, VirtualBox, which is another type of virtual machine software, and I will run Windows inside of my Ubuntu instance at work. So uh, you understand okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can do that with uh, if you're running Linux, you can run a Windows virtual machine. Now the only thing, I mean, you there's the other side of this, which is OS 10, and OS 10 is so finicky and they have it so locked down that if you really wanted to run it in a virtual machine under your Linux system, you can. You have to jump through a whole lot of hoops to do it, and it almost makes it impractical because of how locked down they have OS 10 which uh, that could be an instance where it becomes more difficult but there are ways to get around it there's also um, using an application called wine which is an implementation of the Windows API that sometimes you can run Windows applications under it as if they were native applications under Linux uh, and hopefully by the time you have to deal with this there will be a better solution than having to run Windows uh-huh did that answer your you question? Yeah. Can you tell Avery to turn the TV down? Hold on a second. I don't think it's going to work. She's just going to keep it as loud as she wants it. Yeah. So we have Death Note playing in the background now. Great. Okay. Well, anything else for this week before I tell you your homework for the week? Um, how about no homework? <laughs> no, this this is going to be really easy. This is going to be really easy. Whenever you say it's going to be really easy, I always end up really frustrated. Well, no, this is going to be really easy. Because this is... You, you really don't have to do much on this one. Alright? I'm going to give you a little change of pace. There's no actual computing work yet. But what I want you to do... You know, you're doing a, you're doing a show. A podcast. And we get emails from people and comments. We've gotten a lot. Do you, do you get them, the comments, the emails? Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you send them wait, to... Wait, wait, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I've only gotten one so far of the last show. Uh, let me see here. Linuxandhouse.org. What did I say? Um, what's our email address? I don't remember. I think it's show at linuxinthehouse.org. Now i got to go look it up. Why don't you remember <sighs> these things? Um, Because I want to make you angry. I hope it works. Uh, I think it's under aliases. Alright, cat.qmail.com show oh that show let me see which what, what, oh conda fan that's right 26 thank you very much Conda yes. fan 26 uh, Okay. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Why doesn't it have my email address where it says contact page at blank? Uh, 
where does it say that under hosts? Yeah. I didn't know what would. Okay, hold on. I'll fix that. Uh, yes, you will. Okay. Conda fan 23, 32, 60 what? 26. 26 at gmail.com. If you um, if you just send the email to show at linuxintohouse.org, it will come to both of us. Simple wait, enough. Wait, what? Show at linuxintohouse.org. Okay. I'll put uh, that on my phone. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, no, it, it, you don't have to put it on your phone. If you send it to show at linuxinthehouse.org, it's going to be sent then to your condafan26 at gmail.com address. Got it? Okay, so, yeah, I get that. So you don't have to worry about it. Cool. Um, but what I was going to say, now, you good with that? Yeah, hold on, let me pull up a note. What do you mean? No, this is easy. This is easy. Um, okay, because you're doing a show, people really like the show. That's a surprise. Why is that a surprise? I don't know. Just keep talking. People really like the show. As a matter of fact, I just sent a test email to you. You should be getting it. Show at linuxinthehouse.org. You should get that any second now. Anyway... You should uh -huh. get it. It's called test. Did you get it? Did you get it? Oh, I, I did. Shut up. Okay. What I want you to do Chill. is I want you, I want you to sample, listen to. Yeah, I got it. Okay, good. Okay, I want you what? to listen to. I want you to listen to one episode of three different Linux podcasts. Okay. You with me so far? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I'm going to choose two of those, and then you get to choose the third one. Okay? The first uh -huh. one I want you to listen to, I want you to listen to a show called The Linux Action Show. Now, there are, I provided the link in the show notes. Um, there's two different ways that you can listen to this. You can download the audio version. Okay? And listen to the, uh -huh. either the AUG or the MP3, or you can go to their website and watch the video version of their show. Okay. And see how they do it, okay? The second one is an audio-only, it's an AUG-only show. It's called GNU World Order, okay? I want you to listen to that, an episode of GNU World Order. And third, you get to pick, okay? Now, you can pick from, and, and I'm going to make it easy for you. If you go to the linuxlink.net, I have a list of all these Linux shows in there, okay? Okay. And the this is the only restriction I have. The only okay. restriction I have. It has to be one of the Linux shows. Or okay. it can be Hacker Public Radio. You can do 
one of the Linux shows are Hacker Public Radio, um, and it cannot be the Linux Link Tech Show. Dang it! Dang it. Ugh! That would have been an easy one. But I want you something different, something that doesn't involve me. So any one of those okay. shows, anything to catch your interest, um, there's a whole bunch of them there. So we catch your interest. At least one episode of three different shows, and I want to hear your opinion and what you think about them. Okay. All right. I know and this is so, going to make me frustrated. Why is it going to make you frustrated? It just is. It won't make you frustrated. You're going to love it. Yeah, just as much as I love you. I don't understand what the point of this really lame music is. It's not nice. Thank you. Alright. Uh, anything else you'd like to say before we close out the show for this week? Um, happy Mother's Day, everyone. Why, thank you. You're welcome, Dad. <laughs> well, then. That's all I have to say, yeah. We will bid everybody a fond adieu and it's carry on with your cool. bad self. Carry on with your bad Linux selves. Sing us out, Paige. No way. Uh, no. Well, I'm good we will just see talking. You, we will see you shortly. So keep an ear out for Linux in the howie owls. Owls. Go ahead, say Linux in the howie owls. Come on. Uh, I'll 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 practice it and say it next show. How about that? All right, that's good enough for me. Thank you very much, <laughs> and uh, thank you, Paige. Have a good day. You're welcome. Say, Have a good day. Say say bye. Bye. Oh yeah, Linux in the house. Shizzle McNizzle. Join us for the 2010 Southeast Linux Fest as we once again celebrate Linux and open source software in the GNU South. Due to the overwhelming response last year, this year's event will be bigger, better, and longer. Self 2010 will take place Friday, June 11th through Sunday, June 13th at the Spartanburg Marriott at Renaissance Park in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Be there for UbuCon, Fedora Activity Day, BSDA certification, Drupal Camp, multiple parties featuring Dual Core as well as the guys from Mystery Science Theater 3000 as Rift Tracks, and an even more expansive group of superb speakers, sponsors, and exhibitors. Self is free to attend, but hurry and register today to lock in the special discount room rate at the hotel. Register today at southeastlinuxfest.org. on a piece of paper and then I have to print them out and then I have to cut them up put them down and they won't I don't have any glue and I gotta put them all on po uh, index cards with the names that I have to cut out which is 49 people and facts about each per pe uh, person that I have to cut out and it's okay hold on a second hold on a second do you have the uh, microphone right in front of your mouth
Now I do. You do? Talk yeah. for a little bit. I what? Fine. And so anyway. Okay, just the, keep talking like that. This way. I don't okay. know what you mean. Keep talking like that. No, I'm just trying to get the sound levels between us proper. Okay. Don't add it to oh, to me. I accidentally merged down a layer. Um, I have to scale all these layers, and it's very annoying. And I don't see why I have to do this project for social studies because I would rather just write all this out and not have to what happened. And something just happened, and I can't get Andrew Carnegie to scale down correctly. But so, like, it's annoying because I have to cut up all the words because the lines are messed up and they won't fit the post-it note right. So, crap, I just merged it down again. I'm making and the boop, 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 boop. Sorry. Okay. Now... Let's, uh, let me bring up Firefox here. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That's how we're going to start the show. Does that sound good? No. no. Oh, yeah. Oh, Never. Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm using... What am I doing, Paige? I don't know. What are you doing? Whatever you're doing, you're failing epically. Nah, look Just good kidding. Girl. There we go. That's exactly what I want. Okay. Let's see what we're gonna do tonight. You're gonna make it all right. You're gonna smell like a duo bacon. <laughs> That's good. Okay, Linux in the house dot org. I have the page up. And are you ready to go 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 go? Hey, we're on. <coughs> Can you send me email to me right now? Email to me the original picture that you scanned in and the picture that's colored. Can you email both of those to me? Of the fairy? Yes. Okay. Email on, both of those to me right now. Do you want me to... Dad. Do you want me to send you just the original and the colored one or do you want the line art too? I mean the... uh the bitmap one. What do you mean the bitmap one? The one where it traced the bitmap. Uh, no, I just want the original and the end result. Okay. Bum 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 
Pennsylvania progression to go from uh, clarinet to saxophone. Then you okay. could be in jazz band. And you could do Pennsylvania 6,000. I understand. You can shut it now. All right. Cool stuff here, Paige. Cool stuff here. I'm excited. Are you excited? Yeah. Na 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 na. All right. You ready to go? <clears throat> yeah. Hold on one second. Let me just save this really quick. After it stops being an Save for me all the things you want to save. Oh, yeah, my scanner's still not working. Uh, Alright. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm ready. Hello? Yeah. I hear Are you, yo. Alright, dog, let's start. Okay, let's never do that again. Oh, I gotta make a make a poop and go. Uh, hold on. L Oh wait, hold on, let me get that uh thing out. No, that's not right. Okay. Wait, hold on. I need to get the, uh... Um... Crap, I forgot what I called it. I hope this is right. 
You call it puppy love. Yeah, that's not it. Um, Make sure you talk louder because you're coming through very softly. I know, I know. I'm just trying to find something. When you... This is episode... Oh, there it is. Okay. All right. There we go. Oh, Avery's got it going on loud in the other room. I don't know what she's yeah, playing. Yeah, I know. She's playing one of those girl game things. Annoying as heck. One pick. I don't. That's not set up to print. Oh, come okay. on. What? I was going to say, I don't think... Hold on. Ay, ay, ay. She's killing me. <laughs> Alright. We ready? Yep. Aim. Alright. Alright, Paige, you ready to go? Yeah. Wait, do I usually play the Linux in the Howie F? No, I don't. I add that in pre production post production. Yeah. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Five. Four. Three. Two. One.